Praise God. Uh, Elder Rodriguez used the word a couple of times, discipline. And Elder Hart, he used the word disciple, which I term discipline follower. I might be in the Holy Ghost here this morning. I was in a meeting a couple of weeks ago, and during in the middle of a ministry session, the man speaking made a statement. He said, you don't need deliverance, you need discipline. And I mean, the Holy Ghost just hand-stamped that that day and seemed like going forward. Let me say it again. You don't need deliverance, you need discipline. Man, I took that to heart. I uh, I started to diet January the 1st. Anybody else? <laughs> Hallelujah. Can I get a witness in the house? I've never been on a diet. And it wasn't to lose weight, but I'm losing weight. I'm down to 176 pounds this morning. Now, it wasn't a long trip. It only came down from like 189. But it's down. But again, weight loss is not my objective. I accompanied my wife to a doctor's visit one day. And her and the doctor kind of tricked me. Why don't you sit down? Let me take your blood pressure while you're here. Ooh, 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 ooh. Hey, let's pick your finger. Come on, let's get some blood. Yeah, I said, I got white coat syndrome. I go to a doctor's office and it all goes. Shoo. Well, anyway, my, anybody know what the A1C is? 11 and a half. They said, we should send you to emergency right now. No, 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 I'm okay, I'm okay. So because my wife and my children have been concerned for quite some time, and, and I've gone on and off, met Foreman for my, uh, is that for blood pressure, blood sugar? I don't know. Huh? The sugar? Okay, whatever. I'm not a real pill, pill popper. I'm not, I just, I've never gave myself to taking medicine. Then he gave me this shot thing said, you got to give yourself a shot in the stomach. And the copay was $400. It's $1,000 for a shot. You got to be kidding me. He said, I said, now is this, how long I got to do this? Is this like to give me a shot in the arm, a kind of a quick boost to get everything to come down? No, you got to take this the rest of your life. I said, the copay was 400 bucks. Yeah, I know, sorry. You've got to be out of your mind. Well, anyway, I never did take the shot. It's still in the fridge. I said, baby, nope. I'm not putting that in my body. Get this. I go to, the, to pick it up at the counter, and the lady says, did he tell you what the side effects are? I said, no. He, she said, Google it. Are you serious? So I Googled it. 
nausea, throwing up, headaches. And I'm thinking, that's your body saying, don't do this. No, I'm not doing that. So I started researching. And I started listening. I quit denying. You ever heard anybody ever say, you're in self-denial? So maybe I have been. I don't know. I love photi. Do you know how many carbohydrates are in those noodles? It all turned to sugar. I could eat it two or three times a week. I've had it twice a day. I love it. Haven't had any. I'm not going to have any. So I started a diet of elimination. I'm getting rid of the sugar. You're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. We go on a diet of elimination, no sugar, no carbohydrates. Matter of fact, we're going carnivore. Okay, now, do you know what I get in the mail? There's a box on the porch, and I'm thinking, oh, another Amazon delivery. I don't recognize that. that she must have ordered that. So I set it aside, and when she got home, she cracked the box open. She says, it says Chase Bank. What in the world? Chase Bank sending us. Chase Bank, congratulations. You've been with us for 10 years. Here's two cookies, and here's two uh, uh, brownies. A bank. Never sent me anything. But you start a diet. And it's coming in the mail. Somebody's going to send it your way. So we have to have discipline. And I did all day. But as I was laying on my bed there at night, those cookies were calling my name. And so, I went down and ate both of them. <laughs> Fell right off the wagon. <laughs> All right, get up and start again tomorrow. You know, that's, that's life. It's the human element. I mean, I, I'm not going to quit now and say, well, I ate those two cookies. I'm done. Forget it. I can't do this. No, I can. And I want to tell you what my... My secret is this, information. I maintain a constant feed of information concerning blood sugar primarily, concerning what I should not be eating and what it's doing to my body. And so I'll listen to a YouTube video then go shop. Walk through Safeway, I am not tempted in the least to all that boxed up stuff. Because I'm feeding myself true things, true information, and not lies. I'm not allowing for the advertising world to tell me how much of that sugar I should be consuming or all these other things, okay? Now, I'm sure I've got 30 to 50 hours under my belt. Because I, here, here's what I discovered. 
I had hoped that I had more willpower. Anybody ever? Willpower, right? And that crosses over many areas of life. You need willpower for this. You need willpower for that. You just got to be disciplined and have more willpower. Well, what I've discovered is feeding myself true information acts as a resistance to the temptation to grab that treat, sweet, whatever it is. Now, I don't know what that has to do with anything here today. But these guys went down the road of discipline, and I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share this. Now, it, it all translates over to, again, disciplines in our lives. And if the Holy Ghost is saying, you don't need deliverance, you need discipline. Sometimes we want to pray things out of our lives or... Pray for healings in our life in areas that we're going to turn around and poison ourselves tomorrow. God, give us discipline. As I research, as I study in the word of God, again, this is true information. It is in such contrast to the Wisdom of the world. Okay. And so I've got to have a steady diet and incoming of truth to push off all that stuff that's not true that the world wants to put on me, in me, and send me down a direction that is not the leading of the Lord. We can be led of the word of God. We can allow for the word of God to speak to us, to talk to us. I know it's probably, I know in the last year or two, say, I have found myself praying more according to the word of God than at any other time in my life. In other words, if there's a true statement in the word of the Lord, as I'm praying and I am communing, with God, I'm doing it based on things he says. Because I know his word won't return void. It will prosper. It will accomplish that which it is sent to do. It's only a matter of time. Because the other admonishment in scripture is importunity. Say it again. Say it again. Come and ask me again. Ask me again. Importunity and the Lord said he acts on that. Now, he alone knows why things, sometimes things are done instantaneously. Sometimes things are done in a moment. The scripture says he knows our need before we even ask of it. And so sometimes something's already in play before it came out of our mouth. Wow, that's fast. Ahead. But there's other times when he likes us to come back and express faith. By asking again and asking according to his word. Amen. I'd like to read to you from the book of Jeremiah chapter one. We've all heard this saying. You and God 
are a majority. True statement. True statement. You and God are a majority. But it's, it's hard for us at various times and uh, facing circumstances and situations for us to really believe that. You know, about the time you put out a prayer request across Facebook to the teeming millions, help us pray. It's like you got no impact with your prayer, so you're going to try to gather the whole world because surely God's got to have a million or two people asking the same thing or he'll act on it. I mean, that's what it, that's what it kind of proposes, right? Now, I don't. I'm not, a, I'm not against putting out a prayer request. I'm not. We are workers together with him. I want to point something out in Jeremiah 1, chapter, uh, verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Do you think Jeremiah was an anomaly? Do you think when we're, it's preserved in Scripture, these circumstances and situations that we can say, that's mine. In other words, that principle, that's a principle of God. And this is why he's sharing and revealing this. Is there something playing music over there? Oh. I hear it over here. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. Okay. Hey, we have had that happen. Radio transmitters picking up through the speakers. <laughs> uh, I knew thee before thou camest forth out of the womb. I sanctified thee. I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, ah, this is Jeremiah. Uh, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not that I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid for their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put his forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy, and to throw down, to build, and to plant. The idea that the Lord is talking to a man. He's, he's giving him direction of God's purpose in his life and trying to help him to understand the, can I use the word magnitude? The, what, what's another word, a good word like magnitude? The breath, the, there you go. The what? I like them all. <laughs> Big words. The impact upon the world that he, as one person was intended to have. Now, it's easy to pick that up and read that in the Bible and say, yeah, well, man, Jeremiah is some kind of guy. Well, when he got up out of bed, he put his socks on and 
you know, he pulled his clothes on. And he, just like you and I, in relationship with God, was humanity. He was a human. He was a person. But we find in all throughout Scripture, God going at length to convince individuals that this is my plan for you, and this is how I want to use you, and this is, this is what can happen. All right? Now, let's go to James chapter 5. James 5 and 14. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. The Lord shall raise him up. If he has committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now, we hear this, we read this uh, quite often, and uh, I think we do our best to example it and practice in our life, praying one for another, praying people who are sick, they present themselves, I'm, I have this problem, can you pray for me? And so we pray for them, we follow the instructions of the scripture, but what I find interesting here is the example given to us by the writer of James, but I believe to be the unction of the Holy One, God directing him to use this example because he's wanting the readers to be so fully persuaded. Now, let me, let's read it together. We're just going on to the next verse. Eli, verse 17 Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. He prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Now, this is unbelievable. It's so far. To even imagine that one person, one individual, could pray and it not rain on the earth. Now, I prayed one time. We were having a picnic downtown at the church, a fish fry, and I had left the house and headed out onto Meridian. And I mean, it started coming down. I had never seen on Meridian the water uh, flowing as high as the curb, right down Meridian. And I thought, no! We got people with grills, and they're all setting up outside the church in the parking lot, and no! We were trying to have a block party, invite the neighbors, and, you know, this was our one effort of outreach. No! I didn't know what to think. I wanted to say, how could you do this? And as I rolled down into the church parking lot, 
shining. There was no cloud. There was not a drop of water on the ground. And I was having a hard time believing that. Elias prayed. It didn't rain on the earth. Now, okay, wow, that's a great story. Tell our kids that, you know, wow, listen to this. This is powerful. But when it comes to us living in a life, an experience of prayer, exercising prayer, we struggle to enter into that place that the word says with God all things are possible and it's all things are possible to them that believe and that call upon his name. Now, I'm, I'm simply wanting to single out the idea here that you as one person because you are so significant to him as a child of God, you know, born of the water, born of the spirit, born into the kingdom, makes you a son or a daughter, a child of God, and how significant we are to him that we can enter into to dimensions of prayer where the faith that is provided comes from this word. To know that there's no circumstance, there's no situation that is untouchable when you go to your knee or you raise your voice to him making petition, especially when it's according to his word. Let me give you an idea. Somebody is lost. You got a dear brother. You got a dear sister. You got a parent. You got a cousin. You got somebody. And they are bound, and you know they're bound. But the Bible says God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So when I begin to pray for that individual, according to that word, I can know his hand's moving. His hand's moving. I may not see it yet, but his hand is moving because I prayed in faith, knowing that I, as one individual, a child of the king, his hand moves anywhere. You know, if, if a man can pray and stop the rain across the earth, you ought to be able to pray and ask God to draw an individual by his spirit because no man cometh except the spirit draws him. Anywhere in the world you can affect a situation. Anywhere in the world you can affect. We have, we have a lack of faith sometimes that we can even impact our little town. Anywhere in the world you can impact situations. I'm not telling you anything new or anything that you don't know. It's just good to hear some things again and again and again so that I. Look at you, Shane Gaddis. I haven't seen you in a long time. Again and again and again. Now, 
That's still not what I want to lead you to here. Let's go to Ezekiel 22. Chapter, or verse 29. The people of the land has, have used oppression. They've exercised robbery. They have vexed the poor and needy. Yea, they have oppressed the stranger wrongfully. And I sought for a couple of hundred men. If I could just organize a group of intercessors, we may need many. We may need 500. We may need 1,000. We may need to get all the pastors in the district. That should make up the hedge. Stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I couldn't find one. Now, he sought for a man to stand in the gap. This tells me that a man, a woman, used in the hand of God, again, can touch any situation. Now, he couldn't find one. So he poured out his indignation. We're not going to go and read that part. The point is, had he found one, he would have stayed his own hand. I think think, think of the power of that. You're, you're praying. You are in communion with God. You are in a prayer meeting, you and him. We are workers together with him. And in that prayer moment, in that prayer meeting between you and him, he inspires your thought to a circumstance, to a situation that maybe you've already deemed, that's impossible. And the word of the Lord says, as he leads you and you begin to pray, you have the power to impact it. One person. One person. See, we want to group up. Let me just say this. You know, we want to call for an all-valley prayer meeting. And, you know, get people from all the assemblies in the valley to come together to uh, pray for the homeless situation. Uh, pray for those in drug addiction. Whatever it is. Again, leaning on the idea that I'm trying not to take apart where I'm headed here. But it's the it's the idea. We're not sure how impacting our prayer. This is sometimes why we go somebody else to pray because I'm not worthy. I'm you know. I got up and ate those cookies in the middle of the night, fell off the wagon, you know, and I, I was trying to fast and, you know, and I didn't, I didn't tell nobody, but I stopped at McDonald's on the way. That's going to the prayer meeting. And so God's going to be disappointed with me because I tripped. 
fell. No, you drove the car right in the driveway of McDonald's. <laughs> it wasn't a trick. There were no rocks there. <laughs> but that's the kind of language we use, Pastor. I made a mistake. That wasn't a mistake. It was an intentional But, it, but then again, we disqualify ourselves, and if we have too many of those situations in our life, we discredit who we are in him. We don't have a revelation of the blood of Jesus Christ and the power of confession. God, forgive me. supposed to be fasting and and I, I don't know why I did it I don't know why please forgive me thank you there you go now go to the prayer meeting get engaged in the Holy Ghost and let the Lord lead you now Matthew chapter 18 and verse 18. I think it's a it's a very powerful thing when a believer grows in their faith. Their faith is in God. To the place that they believe. That when God's gave them direction to pray and they pray, God is touching that situation. I mean, that's that's growth. You don't start there. Typically, you don't start there. You accept things by faith to be true. But as you grow in God, you begin to stand on the things that are true. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say unto you that if two of you. Wait a minute now. We've been talking about one. The power of one. One believing. One in faith. And God saying, if I could just find one. I could do something. But now we see by the direction of the scripture that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Okay. We have, a, we have a change. We have a change in this economic, God's economic, God's kingdom. We already learned that as one individual having faith in God, praying according to his word, there's nothing on the planet that cannot be touched. There's not a backslider that can run so far. There is not a Spiritually blind individual, because of the God of this world, had blinded their minds. That their blindness cannot be removed. 
But this is where praying with importunity comes. Let there be a loosing. Let there be a loosing. Let there be a loosing of the blind effect upon these individuals' lives. You know what? Sometimes God will give you direction specifically to where they're participating in life that is bringing the blinding effect in their life. And will give you direction to pray concerning that situation. Let it be removed. I can remember Tony Bailey sharing a story years ago back in the, he lived in the Atlanta, uh, Griffin, Florida, is where, or Griffin, out, uh, Georgia. Anyway, he said he was driving through town one day and there was a new sign. It was a uh, fortune teller or something, psychic, psychic poem reader on a building. And he thought, no way. I mean, Griffin's a really small town. And he said it just came out of his mouth. I curse you to the ground. He said it was a matter of maybe a couple weeks. Not sure. Don't remember it. But he drove by that same area. And the building was gone. The sign wasn't just gone. The whole building was gone. But then he looked closer and realized the concrete was still there. He said, I said to the ground. Wasn't much longer. He come back and that concrete had been tore up and hauled away. That's not just a neat story. It is a truth. It is a truth. That as believers, when we embrace this, we come to the understanding there is no situation untouchable. And now the word of God is telling us, if two of you will just agree as touching any one thing on the earth, on the earth, don't you love that statement? On the earth. So. For where two or three are gathered together in my name. There am I in the midst of them. I've heard a statement made, and I thought the way I heard it was exactly the way it was wrote in the scripture. If one will put a thousand to flight, then two would put what? Oh, not 2,000? Oh, 10,000. So there's some compounding effect in God's kingdom. Well, when I did a search to find the scripture and what I saw, it wasn't exactly matching the way I thought it should say it. I decided to leave it out. That's a tendency of us in our humanity sometimes. Something gets repeated so many times, we start saying things the way they're repeated. But when I went and found it, I didn't say that. I still believe the principle. Matthew, this is my last verse. Matthew chapter 6, 31. I love to pray. I like to pray alone. I have such freedom when I'm alone. Well, I'm not alone. It's, it's me and God, me and the Holy Ghost, my father. And I love those times because he gives me faith to say things that I wouldn't say if there was anybody in the room. 
and I pray him, and I say him, and I can tell when it came from him, okay? Now, I've learned through life that your prayer can change. I'm just telling you from experience, I, I don't pray today the way I prayed maybe years ago, or I don't pray concerning the things. You know, when the kids when the kids' shoes are worn out and there ain't no formula in the shelf, and uh, you know you got all this, you're trying to live life and get gas in the car and just make it to work. And and I don't know why it is, but everybody feels that way. Well, most of us. There's a few privileged. I'm not that guy. Are you that guy? No. Okay. And so the concerns of life consume our thought. And when we go to prayer, sometimes those are the things that are in the forefront of our minds. If you've ever been in pain, you know it's right there, man. It's right there. God, relieve me of this pain. Fix my pain. Help me. Heal me. And the needs that are before our eyes, consume our thought, our life, and maybe our prayer in our communion with God. Now, let me read this to you. Matthew 6 and 31. I'll tell you how my prayer has changed. I've just discovered this of myself. I don't think I'm ever praying for anything my I have my needs, you know. I, I don't I don't remember the last time. I don't remember. Now I, I pray for my wife. There's things that I see in need. I pray for my kids. I don't know of anything in my life. I don't feel like I lack anything or you know, want anything or need anything. And so I, I'm really I'm not concerned. I, I got up, I I'm breathing, I'm walking, I can drive. But I've my burden, my burden for the loss, my burden for the world just continues to grow. And so every time I get on my knees, every time. See, Jesus said, pray you the harvest, the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers and the harvest. His concerns for the lost. He told us about, you know, you having 100 sheep, you leave the 90 and 9, you go out there for that lost one. I think these are indicators of where the heartbeat, the concern. Now, he loves his children. We know that. He loves us as his children. We are those significant ones, but there seems to be that ever reach for the lost who cannot help themselves. And they need an intercessor. See, I've come to that resolve. They're, they're not just lost because they want to be lost. They can't help it. There's, there's no knowledge where to turn. They don't know how to find you. To, to share with them, to help them. To know the redemptive plan of God that the blood of Christ would be applied to remit their sin that they would have a hope of getting out of here. 
They don't know that. They don't know any of that. We know all of that. And he's gave us a voice. He's given us intercession. And we can pray for the, the loosing of the bound. The return of sight. I feel a call of prayer to the backsliders in these last month, months or two. The lost sheep of the house, they who have become separated and don't know how to get back. Oh, there is a pull. There is a lure. There is a drawing of God's spirit that can work beyond where we can ever go. There are reaping angels. It was funny to me. I prayed the funniest prayer one morning. I was at the church, and all at once I saw, I saw the fairies. You know, that float on water with cars in them and people in the Puget Sound. I saw all the fairies, the one from Bremerton, the one from Mokokio, the one from, you know. And I'm thinking, what? And then this is what I saw, and I begin to pray. Let the angels of God sweep through the fairy system right now and begin to draw hearts, cause people to begin to think thoughts. Now, you know what I think happened that day? I think the angels of God swept through the fairy system of Washington State and I believe there were people that got off those boats thinking thoughts they hadn't either thought in years or they had never thought because the Spirit of God was drawing them because the Word of God says we can do this. I've never prayed that prayer again. No need for importunity there. That's what the Holy Ghost was saying. Pray this today. One morning, I got on the ramp to get on to I-5, and I looked over and just saw commuters. I was on my way to the church to pray. I began to pray for all the commuters on I-5, all the commuters on Highway 18, all the commuters on 405. Is Whatever came into my mind and my spirit to call out, I believe what it says, and I'm going to cooperate, participate, be involved in reaching the lost every day. Now, I'm just saying, it's a, it's a change that came. I didn't go looking for it. I didn't ask for it. Maybe it has something to do with the now. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is as God gives me the inspiration to pray, he gives me the faith to believe it when I'm praying it. We are empty vessels here today, Lord. We are empty vessels standing before you today. As one we pray, 
Agreeing together, we pray. In the compounded economy of God. As we come together agreeing for the lost. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Save them to the uttermost. Save them from eternal damnation, Lord. Save them from a devil's hell. Save them from eternal burning. Save them from weeping, wailing, gnashing of truth. They can't help themselves. They need us. They need our voice. They need our voice. We're so limited in our human thinking. We have to go to the Bible and read the accounts of all of the manifested supernatural movings of the hand of God. When Moses stood there on the banks the other side of the sea, having already passed through, undoubtedly the, the Israelites in shock, not believing it, but on the other side, he said, stand and see the salvation of the Lord. These that you see, these Egyptians that you see today, you will see no more. And that water closed in. Now, the parallel, of course, to that is that's how he deals with our sin. When we go through the water in Jesus' name, in the waters of baptism, we're buried with him by baptism unto death. And so our past is washed away. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 31. Therefore, take no thought. Well, if, if I'm not going to think about it, who's going to think about it? Take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, his righteousness. All these things should be added unto you. It talks about our focus. 
it talks about what are we what are we allowed to consume our thought life there's there is a uh, there's a prayer the lord gave us one time while we were praying he gave us an inspiration or words that we begin to pray i don't remember when it began but it was let the kingdom of god advance in the earth we know that's the going forth of the gospel. That's the hearing, obeying of the gospel, the advancing of the kingdom, men and women being born into the kingdom of God, right? Let the kingdom of God advance in the earth. Let the kingdoms of men come down. Okay. I was driving through Seattle one day and and. Faith came to me to pray for, I've said this here before, but to pray for leadership that stood in assemblies, assemblies, people gathering, assuming somebody was opening the Bible, and they were looking and getting direction to minister, and I began to pray for the spirit of revelation to come upon individuals. So that they could be led in the word of God. I, I have testimonies and stories of men who have received revelation. No man, Paul was one of them. No man taught him the gospel. The Lord revealed it to him. Same gospel as Peter and John preached. But I have prayed that men would receive revelation and be led of God's spirit. That would direct people into his kingdom. Now, that's not how I finished the prayer. That's how I started the prayer. How I finished the prayer was, if they won't receive it, I'm asking you to remove them from their places of influence. Remove them from their place of influence. Now, I'm not mad at them. I, I don't have anything against them. I want to see souls saved, not deceived. Amen. I was in a, I was in a meeting one day in an in a assembly, in a building. My reason for being there was different, but I had my wife with me. I said, I want you to come and see this situation, and she did, and we were there. Do you know that next night, she had a dream? She said, in my dream, I saw all those people, and they looked really nice. They dressed nice. They were very kind. But she said, all at once, I saw the inside. She said, they were all dirty on the inside. I said, honey, without baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their sins are not forgiven. They're not remitted. See, somebody started a statement one time. They said, well, at least they're going to a church. I don't know how fixed you are on the truth of that matter. 
sin isn't going to heaven. It is preserved in the word for us to know how sin is remitted or forgiven. And without the application of the blood through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I know that's hard to receive sometimes. But if you'll receive it, it'll motivate you like never before in prayer for the lost. I have prayed for that assembly. I continue to pray for that assembly and its leaders. And I have an ongoing interaction with the leadership in that assembly. I'm not giving up because I believe the Lord took time to reveal and show just how significant this is. Amen. Would you stand with me? Feel an ex- a significant anointing in here today among us. I'm not talking about on me. I'm talking about on us. Our ears are anointed to hear and receive right now. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. Why don't you close your eyes for just a minute? Why don't you raise your hands to him? If he wants to find an oracle among us here right now, let him. Let us be yielding unto him. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I believe this, my God. I believe your word, my Father. I believe you. I believe you. I believe you. What you say is true. What you say is right. Hallelujah. I believe you, my God. I believe you, my God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
name of Jesus.
the scripture that Bishop, one of the scriptures he read in Ezekiel was the Lord saying, I sought, I sought. I don't believe it was a, a quick glance. The Spirit of the Lord sought. It's an attribute of his spirit. <clears throat> we see it when Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. It was the same spirit in Ezekiel that sought for a man. It's the same spirit of God that Abraham appealed to for Sodom and Gomorrah. Lord, if there's 50 righteous, could you spare the city? And Abraham continued to intercede. Lord, if there's just 45, God, if there's just 40. And Abraham so connected with the heart of God that God continually changed his plan. As Abraham continued to pray. How do we know it was his plan? He said, will I do this thing and not tell my friend Abraham? I have a plan. What was he doing? He was giving Abraham an opportunity to pray. I think he knew his heart. I think he knew if I tell him, he'll start. What we are witnessing today in this waiting on the Lord, it is the Spirit of the Lord seeking. He's seeking a man, a woman. There's a seeking of a vessel that would yield itself, not just this afternoon for a few minutes, but that whenever he would quicken, we would respond that we would become ever available so that his searching is not long, he knows. I'll ask them. They'll pray. I'll appeal to them. They'll respond and they'll pray. In Jesus' name. There's not a one of us in this room he would not use. That's been so clear today through the word of God. There's not a one of you here that he would not use. That's been so clear. If you'll say, yes, Lord, here I am. Come on, would you do that right now? Are you willing to say, Lord, here I am? I am available. My schedule is yours. My plans are yours. My life is yours. I'm available to pray the prayer that must be prayed that I don't have the words for, but you do. And so I seek to be available for you to pray the things you desire. We will be available.
Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. What a privilege to be used of God. Amen. And he will use us. I'm certain of it. Amen. Thank you, Bishop, for the word of the Lord. We receive it into our spirit. Amen. The, the witness that you've received it into your spirit will come in the time ahead. It really will. Don't don't stand here and go, man, I don't know. I don't I recognize, but I don't feel nothing. I I mean I, I believe it. I you received it with your spirit. And you said, I'm available, Lord. The witness of the word will come in the days ahead. It really will. It is the request of the spirit of God of us. Amen. God bless you. We have a baptism today. Amen. Praise God. So we're going to. Let Steve get ready quickly. Amen. Amen. Brother Lewis, would you maybe help Steve show me? And then uh, we will, uh, you can take a moment, visit if you would like with someone. And uh, then we're going to bury him in the water in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. He's going to obey the 